0: You know, child infant chokings happen all the time. Um, People die all the time. Uh, You know, it is part of life, uh, but it's things that we can prepare for and be prepared for to help somebody, right?
1: This episode is sponsored by Link. Are you someone who passes out a ton of business cards expecting a follow-up? With traditional business cards, as many of you know, they get lost. We are changing the way that we connect with new people. This easy to use product is great for anyone. Link offers a line of products that let you share information instantly with the people you meet. You can build a page that contains your contact information, website, social media links, photos, videos, appointment scheduling, custom forms, and more. All shareable with just one tap of this smart device. It's an unlimited use business card that you could change over time. The possibilities are endless. As an added bonus, if you purchase using promo code EmpoweringBusinessDFW, DFW, you will receive 15% off your entire order. Check the link in the show notes for more details. Hey everyone welcome to another episode of the empower business dfw podcast i'm your host Stephen austin and today we have the co-founder and ceo of the in good hands bls and their goal is really to educate and equip the public and healthcare providers with the knowledge and tools uh, to help save lives so brent welcome to the show
0: man i appreciate it Stephen. i appreciate you having me on today uh um, you know those Pretty good intro. I appreciate that, and I'm super excited to talk with you more about this and get the show going.
1: Of course. Well, I always like to start the episode sometimes on kind of how I met the guest, right? And uh, it's t- typically it's it's through somebody that I, I've known, um, kind of going through networking, etc. But you originally reached out to me because you heard Deidre uh, Kindred's episode and. Shout out to Kendra, uh, Deidre, episode 32. If you haven't heard of episode, go check it out. But you reached out to me, and then kind of the first part of April is where my wife's side of the family, everybody has birthdays, and it just wow. happened to be Easter weekend. And so uh, we were just kind of standing around. My brother-in-law asked me, how's the podcast going? And uh, his wife was like, hey, I, I've got a cousin that uh, just started a business. And, and long story short, you are the cousin that she was talking yeah. about and uh it's just kind of crazy how the world works right because obviously they're in a different state we're here and now technically your family so welcome to the family
0: man you know i appreciate it yeah it, it is crazy you know uh i think our first connection too was uh, my brother-in-law i know you worked with him for a little while and uh yeah I, man, it was totally surprising you know i had never put the two and two together but um yeah you know your brother-in-law and of course my cousin uh, you know, it's pretty weird how everything works, but, uh, you know, things happen for a reason and I'm right. you know, happy to be on here today for sure. It's well, well
1: usually, yeah, usually you'll meet somebody. It's like a one, one way to connect, but really, really had three different ways to connect. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was like, it's kind of inevitable. You're going to be on a, on the podcast. I mean, you have to, it's a sign, Right. <laughs> so, but just taking, take a second, introduce yourself to my audience. If You don't mind.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, my name is Brent Bosquet. Currently 26. You know, my background is in the fire service and emergency medical service. Um, You know, I always say, no matter how old I get or where this business goes, you know, at the end of the day, my trade is I'm a fireman. Um, That'll always kind of be my mentality. So, you know, it's, it's been great. But, you know, like I was saying, uh, over the last eight years, uh, I spent with Arlington Fire, uh, one of the busiest fire stations, you know, in the state and at one time in the country. Um, so, you know, we're running over 7,000 calls a year, running emergency medical calls, uh, which is about 90% of our job, along with a lot of fires. And so, you know, from a very young age, um, 16, 17, when I first got certified to when I decided to leave the department, um, you know, we became very experienced in what we we're doing, and you know, we've run these calls over and over again, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times. And so, you know, the experience that uh, I've learned out in the field, uh, I was lucky enough to bring with me to, you know, the, the public side, the business side of things. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, that's kind of where uh, I would say. The beginning of the idea of starting a business came from was my fire experience, was my emergency medical experience, and the calls I went on and, you know, things uh, I saw out in the public.
1: Yeah. So I'm thinking about to when I was 18 years old. I, I mean, I still question what I want to do when I grow up today. But, you know, at 18, you started um, kind of in the, as a fireman, right? Um yep. So what was your attraction to the to to the I guess becoming a firefighter what was your attraction to that industry
0: man you know um from the beginning i would say i always had a draw to you know help people i was always kind of number one it it was always kind of that thing i I enjoyed helping people at the time you know when i decided i want to be a fireman at 15 or 16 uh, i was kind of geared in that direction already um college wasn't necessarily a thing for me i loved working with my hands you know i loved the adrenaline rush and you know when i was around 16 i was introduced to a program where i was able to become a certified firefighter and emt uh while in high school you know and it right then and there it i realized this was kind of natural for me um for some reason you know people say they're they're born firemen and for some reason I felt like that was my calling. and This is, it's what I'm good at. And it's what I love. Um, and so, you know, that's what really attracted me was the ability to help people and then realize, um, Hey, I'm good at this and I can continue and do a lot of good for everybody around me.
1: Yeah. So at what point in your, throughout your career, and I know you mentioned it briefly, but you know, did you say being a fireman's cool, but I guess being an entrepreneur is, um, maybe a way for me to help the the public in my own way, right? I mean, I know that firemen have a a, a job and they they do really well at that job, but sometimes they're kind of restricted on when they what they can and can't do, right? Outside yeah. of that. So Yeah. What was your what was your thought process going through that is I'm a really good fireman, but I want to want to open up a business, I want to start something else for myself.
0: You know, I would say it started probably my first idea of it started when I started running these calls out in the public and I saw how ill-equipped and ill-trained uh, the public is um, in different scenarios. And that's what kind of lit the life bulb off for me: was, hey, you know, I can't necessarily help the masses um, as I do in Arlington, you know, of course, every call we went on, our job was to make a positive impact and we did, um, but I wanted to find a way where you know I could not only help somebody in need, but equip other people to help. Um, you know, at the end of the day, they call us first responders, but when we go out on these calls, we aren't always the first ones to respond. It's the public and people around. And so, when I found out, you know, that this this could be kind of my next step, I enjoyed teaching. I enjoyed educating, equipping people with they need to, you know, know to succeed. Um, that's when the idea of like, Hey, I, I could really branch off and start a company and, you know, do more greater good um, while including, you know, other firefighters and nurses and medics uh, in this uh, to make this, you know, a very successful um, business along the way.
1: No, that's great. And, you know, as a as I mentioned in the introduction, you know, your, your goal is really to educate and equip the public, but, I mean, how are you doing that? What is it? I mean, maybe let's just talk about the overview of what In Good Hands is, if you want to, to start there, and then we can kind of break yeah. down the three pillars that you have as a business owner.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I would say uh, there's a lot of things that we do right now and we continue to do. Of course, our first one is medical training. Um, and it we really specialize in emergency medical training, you know, CPR, AV, first aid. Um, that's for the public. That's for healthcare providers that maybe aren't in the emergency medical field, but in clinics, different hospitals that have to have this training. So a lot of you know the beginning of our company uh, in IGH was very medical training based, uh, which is what we still do today. It's kind of like our bread and butter. Um, I think it makes a huge impact. You know, it's one of the first things we saw that the public and other healthcare providers needed uh, was you know experienced. Um, training that goes above and beyond besides, you know, just the basic online stuff. And so, you know, as we started to do that, we started to branch into, you know, medical equipment, because while we were, you know, equipping everybody uh, mentally with these skills and, you know, the ability and the confidence and comfortability to use these skills, they may have not had the tools to go out and do it, right? And so we saw a huge need uh, in all different sorts of areas, different businesses, different organizations that they're like, hey, okay, well, we know how to do this stuff and we know how to put it into action, but we need the tools around them. And So that's when we started branching into, you know, working directly with AD manufacturers, um, working with uh, directly with manufacturers for different first aid equipment needs. Um, and so not only do we train the public, but we also equip them with all of the tools that they'll need to successfully make a difference, you know, in a potential uh, patient or victim out there who may need this help.
1: So within your, your kind of business model, I know that you offer several different group classes, et cetera. You know, how is that broken down? Is that when you go to register, you get a, a kind of register for first aid or you register for CPR? Are those separate, or is there an opportunity for you to to kind of register for a series of courses within your platform?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I would say the first split is between public and healthcare. Uh, we do a lot of healthcare training because it's required for every healthcare professional you can think about. There has to be renewed every two years in basic life support, which kind of includes everything we just talked about. Um, along with that, it's our public certifications also. So there's kind of two tiers to it. Um, While we also, you know, educate the public, we also want to make sure to educate healthcare providers that may see this more on a daily basis, right? And so through each of these categories, they all have the ability to go through, um, you know, not just your uh, adult CPR, but your your adult child infant CPR along with AED usage and first aid, you know, which includes anything from chokings and doing a Heimlich to seizures, to strokes, um, to anaphylaxis, which is allergic shock, you know. um, So things like that, you know, uh, are kind of what's included. And so what we do as of right now, we have open classes on our website where healthcare professionals and the public can sign up for, you know, our open classes that may be on the weekends. We also have the availability for group classes to be held at, you know, a certain location. Um, I know we work closely with a lot of different major colleges in the area, Uh, so a lot of their programs go through our school at our training facility, or we take all of our equipment and everything we need to them, and so, you know, we want to make it easily accessible and convenient uh, for all demographics, everybody, Um, not just the individual, but the organization that may need 30 or 40 people trained at once or even more. Um, and so, yeah, we definitely have the ability to do just, you know, your CPR and AED training for adult children and infants. We, we can do bloodborne pathogen training. We can do, you know, just your basic first aid, wilderness training. Um, it kind of, it's an all-encompassing thing. And, you know, that's one, one of the best things was about being a fireman was that, uh, you know, we're kind of a jack-of-all-trades. And so this stuff, you know, the things we've learned over the years and the guys who teach for me and with me, Um, They all have this knowledge and the ability to teach um, different areas, not just your basic CPR.
1: Yeah, I think that's so important, especially, you know, even those who are first time parents, because, you know, when we found out we were having our first child, it was, uh, of course, my wife's in healthcare and she understands and she goes through all these certifications that you mentioned. Uh, But, you know, for me as the dad, you know, she was like, "I think you really need to go to a class and learn about this stuff," and which I did. I was definitely okay with yeah. that. But my problem is that I probably forgot more than most of it, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I guess I'm saying that for these new parents out there who are having yeah. kids, it's it's important to make sure that you're, if you're ever in a position where your child is choking, you want to be able to get um, through that process. And, uh, just make sure you reach out to Brent and just get registered for one of his classes because, um, you're kind of helpless if your child's in in need. Right.
0: Yep. And you know, um, I usually start off a lot of my classes, um, the way I teach and when I'm talking with different clients who may want a class done, you know, child infant choking's happen all the time. Um, people die all the time, Uh, you know, it's, it is part of life, uh, but it's things that we can prepare for and be prepared for to help somebody, right? Um, And I think that's one of the things too, that a lot of, you know, the general public doesn't see, healthcare providers are a little different, but you know, how often these medical emergencies really do happen, Um, it's not just what you see um, on Chicago Fire and Grey's Anatomy, right? But, you know, it's real life emergencies that uh, especially with your you know public responder um coming in to help before we even get there can make a world of difference for a patient.
1: I huh. I as you were saying Chicago Fire I I was you know when we watch these healthcare shows and and again with my wife in healthcare we'll watch these shows like good doctor and uh the resident and she's like that doesn't really happen. Yep. <laughs> so as a side conversation Let's take Chicago Fire. How realistic are these shows? I mean, when it comes to, from a fireman perspective?
0: Oh, man. Um, I can tell you I've made it through about half an episode of Chicago Fire before. Um, that's about as far as it's gotten. So, you know, from what I've seen, it's, you know, pretty non realistic. <laughs> um, you know, everything that happens, these emergency medical calls, these fires. It's not as pretty as it is on tv um neither are the guys i would live with for nine days or for you know nine guys for a day at a time so uh you know it, it's not conducive to reality at all right
1: i think a lot of these shows portray that too and now i kind of got off on a tangent but you know it's kind of frustrating when you when you start to realize, like, is that really how what it's like to be a fireman? I mean, if so, mm-hmm. kind of sign me up because it's like, <laughs> right. you know, whatever. But um, kind of given a realist, realistic perspective, you know, like yeah. you can for the fireman and my wife can for healthcare. it's like who decides yeah. how these scenes go through, right? Who decides yeah. how this plays out? Because you would think that they would take some real-life experiences, even though they try to, I think, yeah. to simulate them. But anyway. I got yeah, a No,
0: you know, kind of on that point too, just to add, um, and just like, you know, with healthcare providers, man, you know, people don't realize uh, how hard life is as a firefighter, you know, especially at a busy house. Um, there's a lot of sacrifices that go into it, and not just for the firemen, it's for their families. Um, it's for their physical and mental, you know, well-being too. Um, you know, the guys I work with, I've luckily worked with, in my opinion, some of, you know, the most top-notch firemen in our city uh, for a long time a lot of guys I looked up to and you know what they still do today even though I left you know it's something that people don't realize how much of a sacrifice it truly is Um, you know so always be sure uh, you know when you see them out thank them even though they may think it's cheesy uh, you know it does feel good right Uh, we got into it not for the money but uh, to be there and help people you know on their worst day
1: yeah for sure. You know, going back to your business, uh, you know, you had mentioned that you kind of have three pillars, uh, the way that you structured your business, you know, training equipment and consultation. And you've already briefly talked about the training portion, but, uh, what about the equipment and the consultation portion, uh, really goes into your business structure?
0: Yeah, so you know, it kind of goes back along those lines. And uh, equipment consultation wasn't one of the things that I'd eventually or you know started out with. It's something that we eventually came into because we saw it was a need. So we would teach everybody what they needed. And so you know, as I said before, we realized that there's equipment that would be needed. And so you know, we work with seven or eight different manufacturers of AEDs. Uh, all these are public or healthcare AEDs that most uh, businesses or organization organizations should have um, or are required by OSHA to have. And so, you know, we equip them with, in my opinion, with the best, uh, most trustworthy equipment that I would use out on the call. If I feel comfortable with this equipment, if I know it works properly, if I've never had any issues, you know, it's, it's the equipment that we would endorse, all right? And so I don't put anything out there that is, you know, cheaper and trustworthy uh easiest way to say it you know is somebody's life is online i want some of the best equipment some of the best training go along with that yeah. and so you know it goes past 80s into rescue masks and first aid kits and the you know first aid cabinets uh into choking devices some different things that you know we can use uh or anybody can use out in their business uh you know so and we also try to tailor it to each business right so not every business gets the same type of AED, nor do they get the same type of first aid equipment. Um, everybody's different. We want to kind of, you know, tailor make it for each different organization. Uh, and so along with that, you know, once we started doing our trainings and then we got equipment on board and we're like, okay, we can supply you the equipment you need. So people now had training and equipment, but they're like, all right, so how do we put all this in place? Yeah. And I was like, you know, that's a really good point. You know, in the fire department and in EMS, we have emergency action plans. We have, you know, the ability, we know what we do, how we do it every single time, you know, as we work as a crew. So, and, uh, you know, some of the first places I started putting these, you know, emergency action plans together and consulting were churches because they had a huge need for it. Well, they had people that were trained adequately had equipment. They didn't know how to put it all together. And so what I would do is I would sit down with them and say, hey. You need some type of emergency response team with certain sets of emergency action plans for, you know, any and every emergency you can think of. You're going to have somebody do that, you know, different specialties, whatever they may be able to do uh, to be able to put this training and equipment to use. Yeah. And so, you know, by using these three pillars of our company, it, it really embraces every aspect of running an emergency scene, uh, which is definitely needed. Uh, you know, for the first seven to 10 minutes before fire or medics show up.
1: Yeah. I was, you know, when you were talking about the manufacturers that you deal with, you know, my full-time job, if I'm working with the manufacturer of LED or a manufacturer of a a machine learning device where the podcast world, where I, I become a consultant for new podcasters and they're like, what equipment should I use? And if I give them an interface or a microphone, it's not life or death, right? We're not making those life and death, death decisions based on what I suggest. So how are you going through testing this equipment to make sure that that really is kind of the equipment that you want to put your name behind? Is it because you've dealt with it throughout your time as a fireman or do you go through a testing phase to, to check the boxes of everything that that you feel comfortable putting your stamp on?
0: Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to use a lot of different equipment, uh, working with Arlington and get used to, you know, certain brands and manufacturers and things I could expect, you know, problems I saw with them. And so that was definitely one step. Uh, But another step was, you know, like I know next Tuesday, uh, we're bringing a manufacturer rep out to the office. So, you know, I can pretty much pick apart their different pieces of equipment and decide if I want to, you know, kind of start endorsing what they have available when it comes to AEDs or first aid equipment um, and use it. And so, yeah, you know, I think it's a combination of both. It's a combination of the experience I've gained from working with, you know, familiar AEDs or products, and then also using the knowledge from past experiences and being able to really pick apart and, you know, put these different things through a test before I decide, yes, this is the AED that, you know, I want out there potentially to save somebody's life. This is, you know, the other equipment that I may need uh, somewhere else yeah. uh, that could make a positive difference. So yeah, you know, it, it all of it's not just thrown out there. It's, it, it goes through uh rigorous testing or past experience for sure.
1: Yeah. Have you ever run into, and again, I know you split it up between public and healthcare, but, and again, I don't know, aside from knowing my work, my wife works in healthcare. I don't know kind of the whole politics behind it, but I could only assume that if you're working with a healthcare clinic or a hospital, they probably have some, some manufacturer that they're kind of, kind of close to. So have you ever been in a position where you go into a hospital and say, Hey, we suggest using this. And they're like, no, I can't because we are working with this manufacturer instead. Like how do you approach that usually?
0: You know, I really haven't run into that issue yet. Um, I would say more of an issue that I've run into is uh, the lack of knowledge that, you know, some people may have, organizations may have when it comes to using AEDs, or it comes to the brands, manufacturers. Um, So, or, you know, when it comes to the knowledge of what training they need. And so, uh, you know, I wouldn't say that there's, you know, a certain bias when it comes to which one. I would say there's, you know, just the lack of knowledge and education um, and which is great because that gives me the opportunity uh, to do what I'm good at and and teach people. You know, that's, that's why I'm in this business. That's why I started the company was to educate and equip uh, the people who are going to be using this stuff with, uh, you know, great products and training.
1: Yeah. Uh, Recently I saw that you had posted in the Tarrant County College um, platform on Facebook promoting your classes so are you are you doing anything specific for these local universities are you just considering that kind of a public training
0: so no these um the public classes that we definitely uh advertise towards like tarrant county college you know i'm currently a student over there right now too Um, so all of these different like medical organizations uh schools when they're going through they're required to have basic life support training uh and these schools pretty much you know they hand them a list of different places that offer it and say you got to go get it um so instead of doing that i want to put myself out there and say hey this is classes we have available um because in my opinion i want them to have the best training possible from experienced instructors that have actually you know used these skills on people you know in real life scenarios Uh, And so, you know, through Tarrant County College, through TCU, we've worked with uh, a few different, you know, uh, clubs and organizations and programs within both of those schools uh, to, you know, train their students before they get out there in the field or in a hospital.
1: Talking about experienced instructors, I mean, going into entrepreneurship, building a business, building a team around that, how did you select who is going to be coming on board with you as you know i know you have a, uh, a coo which is also the co-founder you've got a couple other uh, instructors in place how, how did you selectively decide who you wanted to bring into your uh, to your business
0: yeah that's a great question um so our coo a little background on her she's been a nurse educator for over 35 years uh, she's currently at JPS Hospital working on the floor. Um, so she's been doing this longer than I've been alive. And I kind of joked with her about that. Um, but, you know, she's definitely got a, a lot of experience also. Uh, but definitely what we did, you know, our, our goal, and it's one of our core values, is to only employ, uh, you know, firefighters, nurses, medics, you know, Navy corpsmen. Uh, who have, you know, a long, extensive, uh, I guess, career in using these actual skills and saving, thought, saving lives, you know. Uh, we want experts in the field to teach, not just anybody off the street. And so, you know, the people that we chose um, to definitely instruct with us are some of the best. Uh, my personal opinion, you know, a couple of the guys I know that are working with us are going to be teacher fire chiefs. Um, one of them was, uh, Arlington firefighter of the year, two years ago. Uh, and so, you know, while it definitely is, and I I make sure that anybody and everybody that works with us definitely gets taken care of. Um, it's important to me, um, you know, when that comes to pay, when that comes to training, when it's, you know, what did they want? Uh, I'm an open door, open book always. And so, you know, I want to make sure that these guys are happy with what they're doing and teaching um, and comfortable with it too. So, you know, that's where, where I kind of go is definitely just making sure, Hey, do you have the experience needed to teach others? Um, because, you know, if somebody comes to me that may be an EMT, but they've never actually done CPR, they don't have a lot of experience in a certain area. You know, I don't feel comfortable with them potentially teaching somebody that save my life one day. Right. right.
1: So, um, you know, for any of those listeners that are that are kind of interested in hey, I've worked in healthcare for twenty years, but I kinda of wanna transition into something else. And I've always loved educating people. Are you currently looking for more more instructors to add to your team?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's kind of the nature of the beast too, because you know, since we only do hire uh firefighters and nurses and people in the medical field in general, not just them too. Um the, the schedule and the hours are pretty hard for them to just be able to take off to work. Uh, firefighters are on a 24 hour on 48 hour off. And then, as you know, you know, nurses, 12 hour shifts, most likely. And so, yeah, we're definitely always on the the lookout for, you know, uh, new possible employees to come out and, you know, join the team and and work with us. Yeah.
1: You know, I, this is episode 41 and everyone that I've talked to so far has kind of express their their hurdles their struggles going through entrepreneurship and if you were to tell me it was easy I'd call you a fibber right but what are some struggles that you faced when you were kind of making that transition as a firefighter into entrepreneurship um what were some struggles that you faced along those way
0: you know I would say on a personal level some of the struggles that I faced was uh the lack of structure once I left the fire department uh you know, pretty much creating your own schedule, being self-reliant. Um, I was pretty worried about it. Uh, and definitely, hey, you know, once I took the leap, uh, the only person I depend on is me. You know, being a fireman, uh, report times 0700, and I get off at 0700 the next day. Uh, I know women where I need to be. But uh, jumping out and being an entrepreneur for the first time, um, it was definitely uh, very different from what I was used to. And so, you know, it's creating a, a work-life balance outside of a structured uh, work, you know, schedule. So, uh, which has been great and it took me a while, but, you know, I would I'd do 12, 14 hour days and I would forget to, you know, uh, spend time taking care of myself or taking care of what needed to be done. Uh, working with Arlington, once you're off, uh, you're off of work, the next two days of yours. And so I would say that was probably one of my biggest struggles. Uh, the next thing would definitely be the learning curve of, you know, the world of business. Um, Like I said earlier, man, you know, uh, by trade, I'm a fireman. Uh, That makes me, you know, uh, made me good at a lot of things, but, you know, running a business and being an entrepreneur is not one of them. Uh, And so it was definitely kind of a trial by fire. Uh, You get thrown out there with the wolves and, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta work with what you got. Um, put in those hours. uh, And I would say that would be the other one is just figuring out the learning curve. How does, how do the smallest things of a business work? You know, how do I do things from creating a website to opening up business accounts, to finding a place to lease, to, you know, uh, from the smallest thing to the biggest, it it was definitely a new world. Just to, instead of just dipping your toes in, I definitely just jumped right into the deep end.
1: And sometimes that's what you hear a lot of times. um, Either they, they just, take a dive off the deep end or they, you know, constant side hustle, you know, working for corporate America or working as a full-time job and slowly transitioning into it. But, you know, going back to the work-life balance, I've heard several different opinions whether work-life balance is a true thing as an entrepreneur or it doesn't exist, right? So do you believe work-life life balance as an entrepreneur is a real thing?
0: Um, yes but I would say being an entrepreneur takes up about 8% of the time. Um, You know, you still, I'm a, I'm a firm believer and you have to take care of yourself um, first mentally and physically, because if you can't take care of yourself, how could you take care of a business? Right. Um, So you still have to make time there. Uh, That's number one. That's most important. Um, Businesses will come and go, but you know, taking care of yourself and you being here won't. Um, So I would say, yes, it does. Uh, Although the amount of time, uh, you know, free time or time you have to work on yourself has definitely decreased, uh, you know, by jumping out there and starting a business.
1: Yeah, for sure. I only brought that up because, you know, sometimes you hear those say that, you know, entrepreneurship is something that's on your mind 24-7. And so you don't technically ever shut it off. So uh, Uh either you're just kind of toning down your entrepreneurship mind, which – doesn't happen either. Right. So I was curious to the way that entrepreneurs see, um, work life balance just as a whole.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, that's, that's a great point too. I I think that is true. Uh, it's hard to turn it off, uh, for sure. And I don't think you can ever really, even, even, I think that's for any job though too, you know, even as a fireman, uh, on my days off, my mind constantly be running about it. You know, uh, what do I need to prepare for? What do I need to do? Um, but, yeah, I, I can definitely see, you know, why people say that. It, it does, you know, in an essence, never turn off.
1: Yeah. So you had mentioned also earlier that um, there's some things that you're constantly adding to your portfolio per se, right? So you're <clears throat> training, consultation, equipment. You know, what's next for you guys? What are you working on? What do you have going on that uh, you want the listeners to know about?
0: Awesome, yeah. So, you know, with IGH, it's not just training and medical. Uh, I've got big plans for it and we're continuing to grow. So, you know, our big three are going to be medical, fire, and safety. All right. And so our next step, and hopefully by the end of the fourth quarter this year, uh, we'll start implementing our fire side of things and really our fire safety. And so, you know, our plan is to go along with doing, you know, all of your fire extinguisher maintenance, cells, equipping every business that needs one, uh, equipping them properly with the right knowledge and the right training, right? Because there's a difference between just selling them something and leaving uh versus being there and teaching people how to use it uh and make them comfortable with it. And so yeah, that, that's our next step. Um I'm super excited to jump into it here soon. Uh you know, jumping into the, the fire side of things is definitely my forte also. Yeah. Uh, and so you know as we go along and we start putting some different plans into action um you know everybody out there will see us uh you know eventually going to uh fire and fire safety
1: i'm thinking about the building that so the company i work for we actually own the building and maybe i shouldn't say this as we record but <laughs> i don't know if we have any type of equipment like that in our building in general like if we have gosh 17 suites you know, oh, of, yeah. of people but at any point it could be packed. So, I, mean, I don't know. Kind of rethinking. Like, do we need to get some of this equipment in here?
0: Oh yeah, you know, yeah, and you know, there uh, there are standards and OSHA standards out there that require to, um, which uh, for your company, I'm sure you do, right? <laughs> but um. yes, yeah. <laughs> yep, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, you know, everybody's required to have it, you know, especially high occupancy buildings and places. Uh, It goes past just fire extinguishers. Uh, You start talking about different sprinkler system uh, setups uh, that include, like, fire department connections or that are uh, hard-lined into the water supply. Um, So there's a lot out there when it comes towards fire safety and being prepared for any type of fire emergency, right? Um, but yeah, you know, our next step is definitely to start with like portable extinguishers and work our way up. Um, I think that's, once again, you know, that's a way somebody can be a first responder. Uh, one fire extinguisher, uh, that's properly maintained and trained on, uh, can definitely stop a whole building from burning down. So yeah, it's very important. It's
1: a good point. I'm just going to go with the equipment's hidden in a room that I don't know about. Yep. yep. I'm just always going to play the new guy card. (laughs) Like it's it's here, yeah. OSHA. Oh, yeah, it's it here
0: somewhere. Or you've seen it so many times, you, you know, you just walk past it. I thought it was a, I
1: thought it was a telephone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right.
1: So, if someone was listening and they were curious about signing up for your classes or trying to reach out to get a hold of you, where can people find you? Uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, the best way to get a hold of us right now is uh, one, going to our website. It's ingoodhandsbls.com. And that stands for basic life support. Uh, another way to catch us is on uh, Facebook. We're pretty active on there. Uh, same thing, in BLS, And then we're also on Instagram and LinkedIn. Uh, so we got a lot of different ways that we definitely try to get out there to get, you know, every audience um, from 16 years old on Instagram that should be educated in CPR to, you know, somebody who's 70 or 80 years old that is curious about how to, you know, save somebody from choking. Uh, We definitely try to get every age group and demographic involved.
1: And for the listeners, I'll put all of that information in the show notes. You can just quickly reference those, click on there. He's got on the website, there's a, there's a column for class calendar and sign up. So it makes it really easy, very user friendly on the website to, uh, to go in and find the the courses you want to register for. So, um, when you look at entrepreneurship and even throughout your career, I always like to give the guests the opportunity to kind of thank those who have been part of that foundational piece, uh, helping you guide through that process. Right. So, um, this is kind of the opportunity for you to, to give those shout outs to anyone you want to thank and, um, you know, who has helped you guide you through the way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, first and foremost, the Lord, uh, you know, nothing would be possible. Without him, uh, you know, over the years, my faith has really grown uh, and it, he's, you know, it's something I lean on, right? Uh, you know, everything and any problem I have, I go to him. Uh, second up, man, my wife. I, I don't know where I'd be without her. Who knows? Um, you know, she is my guardian angel, my rock. Uh, without her, uh, I don't think I'd be anywhere in life. Uh, she's been so supportive. Um, especially over the last two or three years while I'm working towards this business, uh, it, it really is, uh, her work also. So that's the next big one. Um, Janet Edwards, the COO who runs all the educational side of the business, uh, without her, I wouldn't have the time or the ability to keep on expanding. Um, and then, you know, last but not least my family, uh, my close family, you know how I was raised, the way they raised me, and the support um, that they show uh, and love that they show. It's you know I'm blessed to have them, uh, and then a couple of my closest friends. Uh, they know who they are, of course. Um, without them and their support, a lot of this business wouldn't go in the right direction. And uh, you know I'm blessed to have them also.
1: Yeah, very cool. You know, as I wrap up, final question. Um, you know, when you, when you hear the term successful. Um, it can be interpreted multiple different ways, right? Whether that's flashy, sh- shiny objects on social media, uh, whether that's, uh, putting your kids through college, fancy house, whatever. Um, how do you define success? What does success mean to you?
0: Man, you know, that's a really good one. So, you know, I would say, uh, and I've had a mentor over the last seven or eight years. Um, he was my lieutenant for a really long time. Uh, you know, one of the guys I really look up to, his name's Zach Collette. Uh, I'm sure he'll be happy that I name dropped him, but, um, man, you know, all around, I look at him and, you know, not only is he one of the best lieutenants in the fire department, uh, he's the best dad, uh, for his children out there, an awesome husband, uh, and a big follower of Christ. And, you know, that's kind of what I view success as, you know, it's, it's not just the business. Um, it's how you carry yourself, you know, for me personally, how I carry myself as a man, you know, as a husband, as a future father, as a follower of God, um, you can't have one and not have the others. Um, so, you know, that's how I view success.
1: Yeah. No, I love that. And I was watching, I don't know where I saw it the other day, but everyone has a dash in their life you were born on a certain date on your on your tombstone there's a dash and then there's an end date and it's living your life that way how what is your dash you know and sounds like your mentor is is kind of extending his dash a little bit as much of an impact as he's making and not only your life but other other lives as well so yeah
0: absolutely when I heard
1: that I was like man that's that's powerful to think about yeah. like what how are you living your dash right it's crazy yeah
0: absolutely yeah you know it's one of those things um you know if this business takes off uh, and it continues one day when i'm not here i won't be here uh same thing with the fire department or anybody's job um at the end of the day everybody is uh replaceable Uh, the only thing that's not replaceable is your loved ones and you know how you spend your time here on earth So I think that's something great to live by. Yeah, definitely keep that one in mind
1: for sure. Well, it's good chatting with you. Thanks for joining me today. Um, you know, I look forward to our next conversation. If I can do anything to help you definitely let me know, but thanks again for being here.
0: Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Thanks again for having me on. You know, I look forward to continued relationship now that somehow in a weird way we are related, (laughs) but, uh, thank you.
1: that wraps up this episode of the podcast and thank you for tuning in this week if you enjoyed this episode make sure you subscribe so you get notified when a new episode releases every week and if you are a visual person feel free to check out the youtube channel do you want to be a guest on the show if you do send me an email to empoweringbusinessdfw at gmail.com and as always thank you for
0: listening stay well and god bless